Um, let us pray. Lord, you are a living hope, not a hope of things to come, but a hope here and now. We pray that you plant your word within us, that you bring us life, and that we are able to give an account of the hope that is within us to a world in need. Amen. So today I want to talk about a topic that makes us uneasy, at least some of us, or can make us uneasy, an activity that is often considered distasteful, rude, and inappropriate in our society, and even in many churches. This topic is evangelism, also known as the E-word. If you're not sure what evangelism is, on the basic level, the word evangelism comes from the Greek evangelion, meaning good news. Evangelism is basically the activity of sharing the Christian faith or the Christian message with other people. And unfortunately, evangelism has a bit of a bad rap these days. And I'll admit that it's for good reasons in many cases, never mind the inconvenience of Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons coming to the door. Evangelism, spreading the good news, has often been done in a way that pushes people away rather than draws them close, rather than drawing them close. The great Canadian author Margaret Atwood has a story called The Scarlet Ibis. The main character named Christine sets out on a trip to see the scarlet ibises of Florida. Ibises are a bright red sort of flamingo kind of bird. And on the way, Christine gets into a conversation with a woman who says she used to be a missionary. Atwood writes this about the encounter. Christine had been raised Anglican, but the only vestige of this was the kind of Christmas cards she favored, prints of medieval or Renaissance old masters. Religious people of any serious kind made her nervous. They were like men in raincoats, who might or not be flashers. You would be going along with them in the normal way, and then there would be a swift movement, and you would look down to find the coat wide open, and nothing on under it but some pant legs held up by rubber bands. This had happened to Christine in a train station once. Evangelism has a bit of a bad rap. One writer calls this flasher evangelism, where out of the blue, someone shares their faith, whether you like it or not. And I mentioned this in my weekly email, but before I was a Christian, I had many experiences like this. At university, I was in the food court, minding my own business. And three people came to sit with me out of the blue. I thought, oh, this is very nice. I've got some guests. They asked a few general questions, like what's my name, what I was doing in terms of classes. But suddenly, the trench coat opened. 
If you died tonight, one of them asked, do you know where you'd be going? The intentions were definitely better than public nudity, for sure, but it had the same effect on me. They didn't know me, they didn't need to know me, they assumed I was headed for hell, they had just assumed they had something I needed and wanted my attention long enough to deliver. Unfortunately, this is what most people think of when it comes to sharing the good news. Outside the church, but inside too. Because something as intimate, something as personal, and significant as faith has come across as indecent exposure at worst, or complete bitter arrogance at best. So it's no wonder people tune out or run away as fast as they can from evangelism because it's done in a way that pushes people away. So it's no wonder it has a bad rap. Evangelism has a bad rap thanks to people's bad experiences, which has made many of us timid at best, terrified at worst about possibly even talking about, let alone sharing faith. I don't know about you, but the last thing I want to do sometimes is bring up my faith because I don't want to look like I'm getting ready to unbutton my trench coat. We don't want to be treated like flashers, and that's reasonable, and yet, it's so important to the Christian tradition, this sharing faith thing, that the four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are called the four Gospels. Gospel is simply Old English for good news. It's something that Jesus himself does, too. Turn around and believe in the good news, he says in Matthew. Or, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he says in Luke, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And he also instructs his followers to do the same, with Jesus commanding them in the longer ending of Mark to, quote, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to all creation. So evangelism, sharing faith, sharing the good news, was not only central to Jesus' mission, he tells his disciples to do the same. So those of us who wish to follow him can't just ignore it. We can't just zip up our zip up our lips, put on a lock, and throw away the key. It needs to be taken seriously. And you know, I think our reading from this morning from 1 Peter can shed a little light on this problem for us, because Peter gives us three key points that can help us reclaim this whole idea of sharing faith away from the flashers. First, Peter says that sharing faith is important. It's important because it gives us a clearer sense of who we are and where we're at in our own journeys. Always, Peter says, always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting of the hope that is within you. Peter says to always have your answer ready and always be ready to give it. There are those of us who haven't decided where we are on the spiritual journey, and that's one thing. But then there are those of us who have grown up and even made a profession of faith in front of others, yet can often find ourselves unclear with ourselves on what we believe or why we believe it, let alone why it's worth hearing for somebody else. 
So Peter's telling us that before we can ever do anything, we need to have some clarity as to why our faith matters at all in the beginning. If we don't know what draws us, we can forget our friends or neighbors, not to mention our children or grandchildren being drawn by what we say. Sharing faith isn't just about other people. It's about us, too. It's about coming to know our own faith better, to know it more deeply, to know it more intimately. And to be honest, a lot of us simply don't know our faith well enough to discuss it with others, even though we've been churchgoers all of our lives. And this is where Bible studies and all these other things are hugely important. So Peter says that we need a sense of inner clarity about our own faith, that actually being able to talk about it, why it matters to us, needs to happen before we can actually share it with other people. We need a sense of inner clarity. So always be ready, Peter says. Readiness comes from firsthand knowledge of a subject. It comes from experience. Be prepared. I mean, flashers are often very well prepared. But what Peter has in mind is different than being ready to unbutton your trench coat at a moment's notice. It's being thoughtful. It's being deeply grounded in something yourself first. I mean, Peter even says, judgment starts with God's house, that actually our faith is about us first and about others second. Second, Peter says that sharing faith always begins with our own experience of God. It's not about somebody else first. Always be prepared, he says, to give an account of the hope that is within you. The hope that is within you. So often faith is thought of as information or a set of beliefs or ideas. God exists, for example, or Jesus is God, or did you know that God is a trinity? Let me explain that to you. But simple knowledge of our subject, a set of ideas, isn't enough. It happens sometimes for sure. I mean, C.S. Lewis, the great writer, talked about having his imagination baptized. But rarely do people come to interest in anything simply by ideas. Instead, Peter talks about sharing the hope that is within us. It's something good, the positive difference it makes in our lives. I wandered around without any purpose in my life, but because of Christ, now I'm a better husband, father, and friend. My life used to be bound up in addiction, trauma, or pain, but because of Christ, I found healing, and I have a future. I used to be selfish and self-centered, but because of Jesus, my life is devoted to caring for and advocating for people who can't care for themselves. So that's why Peter says, be ready to give an account for the hope that is within you. According to Peter, it comes from within us. It bubbles up. It's something that's internalized, that comes out. The fire that's been lit in, lit in our lives by grace. Sharing our faith is important because it's bearing witness to God's work in us in the hope that the same hope that it can be at work in other people too. 
Not just that there is a God, or I believe in God, or you should believe in God, but the difference that God actually makes in our lives. The difference Jesus makes, that's where it all begins. Okay? And the third point, finally, faith is only faithfully shared out of a sense of deep respect and even deeper love. When you give an account of the hope that's within you, Peter says, do it with gentleness and reverence. Gentleness and reverence, he says. Gentleness and reverence are the key words here. So often evangelism is done in a way where we have everything figured out. We've got it right. We are right. We can do it out of, first out of a sense of judgment. People need to change, and we have exactly what they need to change. If you died tonight, do you know where you would be going? You can't blame anyone when what you're sharing seems like anything but good news. It seems like bad news. But gentleness is different. Gentleness is great care. It's kindness. It's wanting the best for the other person rather than what we think they need. There's nothing gentle or reverent about flashing. But to show reverence for someone is to show respect for them and who they are as God made them. And it isn't to, to manipulate them, to scare them with damnation, or to convert them, which is actually the work of the Holy Spirit in our tradition, not our job. Someone who actually wants the best for them. Often they've seen a difference in that person's life, and they want it too. Our faith is worth sharing not because we've got all the answers, but because of something, we've discovered something beautiful and something real. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm more than willing to share my favorite restaurant or store with evangelical zeal with other people, saying this place will change your life. This awesome thing that I've discovered with other people, yet, I can be quite timid about even talking about my faith, even in appropriate situations. You think we could do the same thing with faith? The thing that makes all the difference in the world might be a little bit more important in our lives than Taco Bell. At least it is for me. I don't know about you. There are Taco Bell devotees all over the place. People really like locals, I know. but it comes out of love for love's own sake. If you're doing that, says Peter, then you're doing real evangelism. Then you're being an authentic herald of the good news rather than a faith-based flasher. So I'll tell you right now. Sharing faith, evangelism comes with a lot of baggage, it's true. It's been done in so many ways that irritate, alienate, and even seriously harm other people. But evangelism itself isn't the problem. We'd all wouldn't be here if in some way we hadn't heard good news. But it's the way it's been done 
where evangelism has been pushy, arrogant, and impersonal, we are encouraged to always be prepared to share the work of grace in our lives, not because we're better than other people, not because we have something that they don't have, not to convert or change them, but because we have been given a beautiful gift. A beautiful gift, one that makes all the difference in our lives, one that's worth sharing. Sharing with patience, humility, out of a deep sense of love for the people God loves, that what God has done for us is not limited to us, but is done out of love for all people. Peter shows us that faith is worth sharing and that there's a more excellent way to do it, too. And you know what the best part is? You can leave your trench coat at home. Amen.